TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB on the run. Well, welcome to Exodus 3. And I'm not going to get as excited this time around, but I actually cannot promise that because I'm loving studying Exodus. Ready for your Bible blast? This is Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I'll be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what's his name? Um, Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and, I, and, I, and said, I have watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The elders of Israel will listen to you. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters, and so you will plunder the Egyptians. This is so much fun studying Exodus. Okay, so how are you going? 
let's recap. Exodus 1 and 2, we are 400 years um, from Joseph. We are, we've gone from 70 people to Hebrews. Um, we are now kind of a mini nation in this slavery land. And we have this savior, Moses. Now, remember chapter 1 and 2, guys. Moses is educated in Egyptian as well as Hebrew because his mum brought him up from, from an early age. And sent him back to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's daughter, when he was young. So we've got this dual um, kind of education that Moses has. And I want you to remember that really strongly when, um, really when this happens, because sometimes we forget that Moses isn't scared of Pharaoh. (laughs) He grew up with Pharaoh. So we've got this um, moment where we've got to be very careful that, that we don't assume that, that, Moses has an intimidation problem. Moses grew up in Egypt. So we've got to kind of get this moment where we are going, okay, how as an educated in this moment, um, how is, how is he feeling? Now, I also want to know, get you to notice a couple of things. Okay. Let's start. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Wait a second, because in chapter two, it said Royal was his father-in-law, Sephora's, um, Sephora's dad. So guys, again, in this time, as in the New Testament time, they just changed their names. And it's not a change of name. It's kind of Raul was one of his, uh, his name and Jethro, they're the same guy, basically. And he's a priest of Midian. What does that mean? This moment of of living with a priest, he's going to talk about Yahweh. He's going he's gonna to talk about um, this this moment of the priest of Midian. I, I love this sense of of kind of how Moses had this mix of education, this mix of this priest of Midian and Egyptian and Hebrew and all of this kind of stuff. As he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, this is Moses, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, again, when you think about cities, when you think about places in this time, go back and go, hang on a second, Horeb, where is that? Now, while I know that Mount Horeb is in the Bible is another name for Mount Sinai. God just so happens to lead Moses, who's just at this stage pretty un- unaware of the call of God. It's not like he knew from birth. He was saved, but there wasn't this declaration of you will be the savior of the Hebrew people. That he, he kind of is just at this moment where he's just in this lifestyle and he's tending the flock and he gets led to Mount Sinai, the mountain where the Hebrew people entered into the very covenant that he is about to enforce. <laughs> the very moment. Um, that, that and it's actually the mountain that, that after Egypt, the escape from Egypt that he leads them back to. Um, it's the, where he le- gets the Ten Commandments later. It's where he gets the laws and the regulations. So this is very significant moment. Um, oh, I love this. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire. Again, the supernatural encounter is so normal in the Bible. It's not like then all of a sudden out of character an angel appeared. It's not. It's like, oh, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire. Now, the angel of the Lord here, guys, isn't just your average Joe angel. We know this because of the way he speaks with authority. He speaks with an I. He doesn't speak with a, uh, when he declares the the Lord said, it's I, um, not the Lord says. Um, so we know that this is the angel of the Lord, as in what? This is God himself speaking to Moses. It's not a messenger of God. It's God himself. And he appears in flames of fire from within a bush. Oh, 
my brain is just going crazy because then I think forward to the flames of fire at Pentecost, but let's not go there. (laughs) These flames of fire, Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Very unusual for these bushes because these bushes were full of oils that just burnt up in a second. And for this, it's not unusual for the bush to burn. Uh, It's unusual for the bush to continue to burn and not burn up. Um, So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight. Why does that bush over there not burn up? It's not that the there was, you know, unusual about the fire. What what it was was the fire was continuous. The fire was this symbol of the fire of God. It's so beautiful. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. So God's in the bush and he says, Moses, Moses. And Moses says, Here I am. Oh, what a what a reply. It's not like, what? The bush is talking to me. It's this beautiful moment of Moses' kind of openness to the supernatural ways of God. Um, Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals. There's this declaration, just like the prophet Isaiah had a revelation of holiness. We have this same Isaiah moment in this moment here. The, the The first revelation that Moses gets of God is his holiness. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. In other words, you're having an encounter. Why? Because... Moses is very familiar with gods. Moses is very familiar with the Egyptian gods. Um, He's probably a little familiar with the Hebrew God, Yahweh. But this is this encounter where you are having an encounter, not just with a little G God, you are having an encounter with the God. I am the God of your father the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he's saying, I am, I am not one of your Egyptian gods. I am your Hebrew God. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. He knows the holiness of God. Just like Isaiah says, woe, I am a man of unclean lips. Moses in this moment says, I need to hide my face from God because you are so holy, so majestic, so incredible. And this power of God that comes through this, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people, Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I am concerned. Can you hear the language? He's saying, I am this magnificent, holy God, but I am concerned. That's TYB, that is our God. He is a magnificent, holy God, the God, the creator of heaven and earth, majestic in all his ways, but concerned about you and me. And this is beautiful. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Again, there is this promise of a land flowing with milk and honey, the same promise that he gave Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, the same promise he's repeating again. He's saying, I am faithful. And I love this essence of the Bible where God just reminds them and says, um, I am faithful over and over again. I am faithful. And, and, and it's not like I've got a new, new commandment I'm giving you. It's I am faithful. I am the guy, the God that told Abraham that I would take him to the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites. I told Abraham that I would bring him to a land. And, and he kind of expands on this land saying it's flowing with milk and honey. And this, this happens over and over again in Exodus, Exodus 13. He says it, Exodus 33. He says it, Exodus 20. He says it over and over again. There is this, I promise that I will bring you up out of the Egypt and I will bring you to the land of Canaan. And it is a land flowing with milk and honey. Again, and again, there is this promise. And we've got to remember the promises of God because he knows it's going to get hard in between. The promises of God come to us so that we can stand strong when it gets hard. He wants Moses to know this so that when Pharaoh says no, he says, no, 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 God has promised that we will come out. And again, there's a promise at the end, not that they will just come out 
a repeat of the promise of Abraham, but they will come out with abundance. Can you hear this? Okay. But Moses said to God, the first thing, so he says, sorry, God says, so now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh again to bring my people, the Israelites out of Egypt. Wow. Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He's like, who am I that I should actually go back to Pharaoh? I grew up in Pharaoh's Pharaoh's household. Who am I that I should go back? Now, let me tell you the crazy thing about this, guys, because when we go from Exodus 2 to 3, we don't realize that this is a long time in between. Unfortunately, what the Bible doesn't do is go, oh, and 40 years later, because we're like, oh, Moses, just jump back. It was only a chapter ago that you were there, that you grew up there. No, 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 no. Moses and his wife, Zephora, had two sons, and we know that from Acts 7.29. Moses was with Jethro for 40 years. We know that from Acts 7.30. <laughs> so Moses becomes a shepherd in, in, in here, in Exodus 3.1, but we've got to kind of have a look at this and go, this is after 40 years. Let, let's, I mean, it's just so amazing, this time period. That's why he's like, I can't go back. One, it's not even probably the same Pharaoh that, that um, he grew up with. Two, it's probably his brother. Three, when he's going back, he's going back into this family lineage. It's not his dad anymore. It's his probably his brother. And he's like, I cannot go back. Can you feel the history when you really get into these texts? But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He's like, I am the one who blew it. I'm the one that murdered the Egyptian, I'm the one that came out. Who am I? I'm just, I'm just, you know, one of the the the, the sons of of um, the Pharaoh's daughter. But who am I? I love this moment. You know, there's a moment in your life where God calls you, and just like Isaiah, just like all the prophets, who am I? You know, there's a moment where we all say, "Who am I?" Isaiah says, "Who am I? I'm a man of unclean lips." We all have this moment where it's, "Who am I?" And you you got to get beyond the "Who am, who am I?" You got to go beyond it because sometimes Moses gets stuck. And I'm going to go through this in as we go through. God had to give Moses signs, and he had to keep going because Moses couldn't get beyond the "Who am I?" You got to get beyond your past. You got to get beyond your faults. You got to get beyond your mistakes. And every person in the Bible has a "Who am I?" moment, but they go beyond it and say, "You know what? It's not about who am I. It's about who is he." who is your God it's not about who and this is why God says stop focusing on you who am I and start focusing on I am me God so let's let's have a look at that God said I will be with you does can you hear he changes the conversation and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt you will worship God on this mountain and he does that this is Mount Sinai so cool. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? So now he's not worried about Egypt or Pharaoh. He's not worried. Firstly, it was Pharaoh. Who am I to go to Pharaoh? Now he's saying, but what happens if I go to the Israelites and I have an issue? (laughs) God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Can you hear the reversal? Moses says, who am I? God says, I am. 
And sometimes in our life, actually, there is going to be a moment in your life where God is going to call you to do something that's going to take bravery. He's going to call you to do something where you feel completely inadequate and your focus, your immediate reaction will be, who am I? But you've got to flick a switch in your brain and say, it's not about who am I? It's about that I am. I've got to focus on I am. I've got to focus on the power of God. I've done that in my life so many times with this, with Trasher Bible. I keep going, who am I to teach this stuff? Who am I? And and God keeps reminding me of these moments in the Bible and saying, Katie, get beyond, beyond that and know that I am. So God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the God of your fathers, again, he's reminding him of his power. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Why? Because this name I am is significant throughout the rest of the Bible. God reveals himself in his names in the Old Testament. And he says, this name I am is significant. Um, Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob appeared to me and said, I have watched over you. Can you hear this message? He's concerned and have seen what, what has been done to you. I have promised, God is faithful to his promise, to bring you up out of your misery into Egypt. See, what they were supposed to do in slavery was go, you know what, Abraham, Genesis, not Genesis says that God is going to bring us up out of this, and he had to remind them of the promise. The elders of Israel will listen to you, Moses. Then you and the elders are to go to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Let us make three-day journey and go and worship him. But I know that the king of Egypt, and he tells him, um, will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. He's saying, Moses, I've got to do something big. I've got to do something big. Just get ready. Um, so I will stretch out my hand and strike the Egyptians. Who will stretch out his hand? I will. God is saying, I will do this with all the wonders that I will perform among them. After that, he will let you go. Can you hear the language? Moses says, I can't. God says, I will. There's this transferal and it continues in chapter in chapter 4. Because it continues with this Moses, this Moses debate <laughs> and God keeps saying to him, Moses, stop focusing on you and start focusing on my greatness and how big I am. Again, he says in 21, and I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards his people so that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. He's saying, Moses, I won't just get you out of them out of Egypt. I'm going to get them out with abundance. Um, every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing, which you will put on your sons and daughters. And so you will plunder the Egyptians. Oh, guys, times and time again, the Bible speaks to us. And I know sometimes in Exodus we go, oh, it's just a boring account of, and I've heard about the burning bush. But can I tell you the burning bush is about this, about Moses's revelation of who is sending him. It's a holy God. It's a God that can, that, that speaks the, the, you know, the angel of the Lord speaking in power. It is not about Moses' inadequacy. It's about God. And this is the whole focus that God was trying to do with this shepherd. Because at this point, Moses is just tending the flock for his father-in-law. And he's, again, just like going forward, he took David as a shepherd and turned him into a king. He's doing the same with Moses. This is the beginning of this moment. And, guys, sometimes TYB on the run, sometimes when God calls us to do things, actually, can I change that? I've written an article about this. Every time God calls us to do something, we will feel completely inadequate. So if you feel completely inadequate in the call of God, join the club. (laughs) 
you will always feel like, who am I? You will always feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I can't do this. You will always feel like this sense of I cannot, but that is the beautiful place to be. Corinthians says, in your weakness, he is strong. That is a place where God will meet you in your burning bush moment and say, you know what? It's not about who are you. It's about I am. And you've got to take your focus off your own inadequacies, your own past, your own, your own inability to do this and focus on God's ability to do it. And this is what this, this, this is happening here. He's saying, I am the God that promised this and I am faithful to my promise. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God that will not only get you out of Egypt, I'm going to get you out with my mighty hand. I love that language. And he says, I'm going to have to do something big, Moses, with you because Egypt, Pharaoh's not going to bend. He says, but Moses, if you will get over your issues, I'm about to do something great. TYB on the run, TYB, I'm talking to you. If you would get over your issues of why you can't do it, God is about to do something great with you. (music) 